You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you so very much for being here with us again this week. And hey, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I know we're a few days away, but uh, it is the week of Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. It is a great time of year, and we are just so thankful to have you in our audience and to be able to come and speak with you every week about all these great topics that involve our lives in the West and things to do with agriculture and living and working outdoors and everything that we love to do about living out here in Idaho as well as Oregon. And I say all of that to say that we've got a guest on today coming to us from Massachusetts. So how in the world did we do that? I'm actually going to be interviewing Kellyanne Dignan, and she is the Director of Global Corporate Affairs and Communications for Ocean Spray. And yes, I wanted to do an episode all about cranberries for Thanksgiving. And there was some debate over whether whether or not to release this episode today uh, before Thanksgiving or on the Saturday coming out after Thanksgiving. But after I did the interview with Kellyanne, I decided, okay, we've got to we've got to release this before Thanksgiving because she she talks about some great ways to cook cranberries up and to make cranberry sauce and and all of that. And I thought, well, this might be very helpful for some of you cel- uh, preparing for your celebrations coming up this Thursday on Thanksgiving. And she talks about something to be on the lookout for, which is Ocean Spray is going to release the world's largest can of cranberries this year. However, she would not tell me how big the can is. She said, we've got to wait for that to hear what that is. So that'll be coming out here at Thanksgiving. So be on the lookout for that as well. So today, our show is all about cranberries, how they became part of Thanksgiving, and a little bit of history on Thanksgiving, how Thanksgiving came to be. And of course, we know about uh, the pilgrims and we always think about the pilgrims, but there's actually more to the story. And she fills us in very nicely on that. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview, enjoy learning all about cranberries. And again, thank you very much, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Kellyanne, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, I'll tell you what, I am very excited too. I have absolutely loved cranberry sauce my whole life. There's a, there's a story in my family about this, but I've never ever taken the time to figure out what what it is I love about it or where it comes from or any of the background behind it. So I'm actually excited to kind of uncover the veil on this whole mystery of my life today. And so I do this interview selfishly for myself, but also for my listeners too. They're really going to like it. <laughs> well, you're certainly not alone because... Every year, Ocean Spray makes over 70 million cans of sauce. We, we essentially make one can of cranberry sauce for every family in the United States every year. So definitely a Thanksgiving staple with a lot of fans. Wow. That's a lot. That's, that's what they call market share right there. You're making a can for every family. Every family. And it's actually all made at one facility in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So you can kind of call Kenosha, Wisconsin, the, the home of cranberry sauce, because that is where we make our, our famous uh, jelly blogs and whole berry sauce. Well, let's do this. I would like to start off by just having you uh, give a quick introduction to our audience of, of who you are and, and what you do and where you're at and all of that type of stuff. Absolutely. So I uh, am Kellyanne Dignan. I'm the Director of Global Corporate Affairs and Communications here at Ocean Spray, which is a very fancy way of kind of calling me the chief storyteller around here at Ocean Spray. (laughs) We're very proud to be a farmer-owned cooperative. Uh, Ocean Spray is owned by more than 700 family farms, some of which 
are located uh, in Oregon and in Washington out west, up into Canada and British Columbia, and then in the Midwest in uh, Wisconsin primarily, and then back east here where I'm located in Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, up into Quebec. There is also a counter-season crop of cranberries down in Chile, which a lot of people don't don't necessarily know about, small crop down there. So 700 family farms have owned the brand since the cooperative was formed in 1930. It was formed by three cranberry growers. And really their goal was to take control of their marketing. We've always really been a brand that's really rooted in our far- farmer story. I was out on a farm this morning. I'm out on a farm most days um, at this time of year, but throughout the year. And those growers, by banding together, were able to form the Ocean Spray brand, invest in the Ocean Spray brand. And today, Ocean Spray, uh, in addition to obviously being a big part of Thanksgiving, we're really proud of the fact we're the number one brand of shelf-stable juice in North America. We export cranberries to over 100 countries every year. Uh, and this is something no individual cranberry farmer could do. Cranberry farms are small. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average cranberry farm in in Ocean Spray is 18 acres. These are small family farms, and they own one of the most powerful brands in North America. It's really an impressive uh, story of American agriculture. Yeah, that's an incredible story to start with three farmers and to grow to be just a household name. That's that's really incredible. It really is. I mean, Ocean Spray, you know, we we enjoy, you know, being in so many American homes, but homes around the world, introducing cranberries to places you wouldn't believe. I was with a sixth generation cranberry farmer today, and I know she reflects on if her ancestors could see the things we're doing now. Yesterday, we were doing live streams about Thanksgiving to China. Really powerful things we've been able to do with this tiny berry to take it beyond the Thanksgiving table. That said, Thanksgiving is still our, you know, favorite time of year <laughs> and actually <laughs> favorite time of year and the Tuesday before Thanksgiving will still be the number one day for purchasing cranberries in the world. Okay, you brought up a couple really interesting things right there. I'm going to go in reverse mm-hmm. order, but you were talking about Thanksgiving okay. with China. Are we outsourcing? Yeah. Are we giving Thanksgiving to China now? Are they going to start celebrating it with us? Uh, you know, I, the wonderful thing about Thanksgiving, I think, is that anyone can celebrate it. Sure. There's there's something so unique about Thanksgiving. I used to live abroad. I lived in Ireland in my 20s. And it was, to this day, I still go over and make a Friendsgiving meal, typically around the Thanksgiving time period, because they all fell in love with Thanksgiving, even though it wasn't their cultural practice. I think it's the holiday that there's something so uniquely American about it. And, and that's I think part of why the cranberry has such a unique position at Thanksgiving, because it's one of only three native fruits to the Americas. Mm-hmm. And the settlers came here, they found the cranberries. And I think there's always been this desire to incorporate American foods into Thanksgiving. And it's such an interesting and unique cultural practice that at this point, I, we find so many visitors come over from other countries, not just China, but all over the world. And they want to learn more about the cranberry. They want to learn more about its health benefits. And they want to learn more about how Americans traditionally eat it. And that always leads us back to the Thanksgiving table. That's really cool. So cranberries, so we only have three native fruits to, the, to America and cranberries are one of them. So there are three fruits that were here in America that when the settlers got here, they'd never seen them before when Europeans okay. got here. And those were the cranberry, the blueberry, and the Concord grape. And they, these are things that they then, in some cases, brought back to Europe. But in the case of the cranberry, they they did not. Cranberries need really, really specific growing conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need a certain amount of daylight at a certain time. You need a certain kind of soil. And and they're really a little bit more difficult to cultivate. They take about five years to get a crop. So it's not just something you plant and you go. 
So they never really expanded into Europe. To this day, cranberries are only grown in three countries, the United States, most of the crop, and then in Canada, and then a little bit in Chile. So, wow. But yeah, native to the Americas, they started forming here in the kettle holes on Cape Cod after the last ice age. These natural bogs were created, and we know that the native varieties started growing. Uh, Native Americans use them for everything. If you think about the, if you think about the winter here in New England, it's cold and it's long. So they were a great source of vitamin C. Cranberries freeze really, really well. When fresh cranberries are available, I always say to people, buy a bunch of bags, throw them in your freezer because they they can freeze for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. They keep them outside in the winter. They use them for vitamin C. They use them for dyes. They use them for medicine. They use them for all different types of things. And they were they were an important part of you know really survival and keeping your house through the winter in some of these um, colder colder climates where they originally grew. So when Europeans came, they had never seen a cranberry. They actually the way they named them cranberries is the cranberry actually has a little flower that comes out in the spring. That's how it's pollinated before it becomes a fruit. Mm-hmm. And that head of that flower actually looks like a crane. So they were originally called cranberries. Uh, and if you look back in some of the old cookbooks. From the Puritans here in New England, you'll see they call it cranberry sauce, actually. Wow. Okay, you are a wealth of information on cranberries already, which is what I expected. We're just getting started. We're just, just getting, getting started. started. <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, I want to ask you more about their traditions and how this was all born. Fantastic. At D&B Supply, we've got a silver bullet for gift giving, even when it's a gift to yourself. Montana Silversmiths makes eye-catching jewelry and buckles that capture the spirit, beauty, and drama of the West, all engraved in silver. With 45 years under their belt, Montana Silversmiths have carved out a real name for themselves. Far and wide, their hand-etched jewelry and buckles are known as compliment makers. Collect some yourself. Check out Montana Silversmiths at your neighborhood D&B. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite D&B Supply. Well, Kellyanne, before I start asking you about the tradition, the Thanksgiving tradition and how that all got born, you mentioned earlier that at this time of year, you're out on a farm almost every day. Uh, what are you doing? What is what is your purpose in going out and visiting these farms every week? I am. You know, well, it's obviously the harvest is amazing and we want to share that. One of the things we talk about a lot here at Ocean Spray is that if we could get every consumer in the world to see a cranberry harvest, there would be no end to the demand for cranberries because once you go to that harvest it's so beautiful it's so unique you look at this sea of red berries floating and you you just want to be a part of it but the reality is harvest is really short it's only about six weeks and it only happens in a few places so mm-hmm. not everybody gets to come so we always spend a lot of time at this point in the year capturing a lot of content pictures videos we put them all up on oceanspray.com share them on our social media and then also we just have a lot of visitors at this time of year you know i think a lot of people know if you uh, are going to schedule a meeting with ocean spray it's probably a good idea to try to do it in october because uh, we're very generous with taking people out to the farms to to get to have that experience when they come to visit us at this time of year mm-hmm. uh so yeah just Everyone loves cranberries. Everyone's interested in cranberries. I never cease to be amazed how many more requests to 
visit the farm to learn more about it. We get every year. It's just something. And, and they come from all over. I, I had a guest today with us from Paris uh, who was, you know, had never seen the cranberries. And it, this was something he, re- he really wanted to do. So near and far, they, they want to come to Massachusetts or New Jersey, Oregon, Washington, uh, or Wisconsin and, and really get a, a peek at this so unique, such a uniquely American thing. Well, where did the tradition of cranberries and Thanksgiving, how did that come together? How did that begin? And, and what is the story yeah. behind that? So the thing is, most people go right to the first Thanksgiving in Plymouth, Massachusetts, or what we consider to be the first Thanksgiving in 1621. And there's no doubt that cranberries were present in the area. Uh, they grow very nicely in Plymouth, and we're just down the road from Plymouth. But you know, whether or not what role they played in the first Thanksgiving, we know they were there, we know where they were present, but we know they also didn't have sugar. Uh, they probably had some honey, so they might have been able to make a sweet sauce. They may have eaten them roasted. We don't, we don't 100% know how they were consumed. We know that cranberry sauce on and off was used at different Thanksgivings in regions where cranberries grew for the next, you know, two, 300 years. But if you really look at the history of Thanksgiving, it's during the Civil War that Thanksgiving is a national holiday really becomes a thing. President Lincoln really needed a uniting holiday for mm-hmm. all of the states, and he needed something that wasn't religious, and, and he declared a, the first national day of Thanksgiving. And when he did that, one thing he triggered is that the, because the war was ongoing, they needed to feed the troops. And so the Union troops, General Grant actually issued an order for rations for the Union troops. And if you go back and look at that order, it included a lot of our traditional foods. It included the turkey and the gravy and the dressing, and it included cranberry sauce. And I firmly believe that that really is the beginning of the history of cranberry sauce being a part of everyone's American tradition, even, you know, places that are very far from where cranberries grow. Cranberry sauce became a part of the tradition back during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Over the years, obviously, things have adjusted. We've we've added marshmallows to yams. We have green bean casseroles. We have all sorts of different things. But that original order of rations for the troop really ended up becoming the traditional American Thanksgiving dinner. I uh, I always say, what if you'd done applesauce? (laughs) (laughs) We'd have a whole different story for cranberries. You would need a different. You would need a different name for the company. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's really interesting. And I, I think I knew that about Thanksgiving and Abraham Lincoln, but I certainly had no idea about the meal. That's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 one of those kind of facts that I feel like a lot of people don't know about or have never thought about. And I actually only learned about it a couple of years ago doing some research. And it was kind of my aha moment on, you know, how cranberries just got that solid position on mm-hmm. the table. Okay. Well, speaking of solid position, I've got to ask you, and I know that America wants to know, but what truly is yeah. people's favorite? Is it cranberry? And you're going to have to help me on the terminology. I call cranberry sauce in a can that comes out like a jelly. I call that cranberry sauce. But then um, a lot of people uh-huh. at our table at Thanksgiving, they want it where it's got the berries in it and it's not like gelatinized. So um, we, yeah. we always have whole a debate. A whole berry. Okay. <laughs> so is yes. one sauce and one whole berry, is that the right terminology? So they're both sauce. One is, one is a jellied sauce and okay. one is a whole berry sauce. Okay. And then there's obviously fresh sauce as well, which you can, I mean, cranberry sauce is one of the easiest things to make. I personally, on my Thanksgiving table, we have the traditional log, the jellied sauce, 
it's something that certainly I've always grown up with, but you know, my father absolutely demands even before I worked at ocean spray that we absolutely had to have that on the Thanksgiving table. Uh But because I'm very blessed to have um, a lot of cranberries in my life, I get a tremendous amount of fresh cranberries (laughs) at this time of year. So I always make fresh sauce as well. Honestly, it is the easiest, easiest thing to make. You know, you, you, pour some fresh cranberries, some water and some, you know, some sweetener, whether that's a sugar or you can use honey, actually a one secret one year, my mother didn't have any sugar and we actually used cranberry juice cocktail and that worked perfectly. It was kind of like double the cranberry. Uh Yeah. Or you could use one of our blends, not like another flavor in there, like a cran apple or something. Mm -hmm. And you literally just let it boil, you know, and then let it simmer, give it a stir Stick it in the fridge and you're good to go. It really is the easiest thing to make fresh on the Thanksgiving table. So here's what I need to solve. What is America's favorite? What yeah. What do people truly like? On my table, I've got to have um, the, the jelly, the jellied. But uh, yeah. my wife and daughter want the uh, whole berry. So what is what is America's favorite? Well, we're happy to sell you both, but jellied, <laughs> jellied is the winner. Yeah, jellied is the winner. You know, I, I think there's just something about the ridges and the can and the slice of it that it's just it's such a unique product. There's really nothing else like it. And I think it has such a nostalgia associated with it at this point, too, that people just, you know, they really want to have it on the Thanksgiving yeah. table. It's also, you know, it, it has great flavor. Uh, it's a product that we know what people want to have that same experience year after year after year. And it's, you know, it's just it's just an iconic part of the meal. And that, that jelly sauce, I think that, you know, people are looking for new ways to incorporate cranberries into their meal. I mean, no surprise here. We, like every other company in America, have done lots of research on the, the millennial generation to yeah. see what they want. And they, they want cranberries on their Thanksgiving table. Uh, a lot of them like it in sauce, but we also they may be incorporating it into their other recipes or into their cocktails. I mean, that's another place where we see people starting to incorporate more cranberries into their holiday menus as well. Well, let's take another quick break. And then when we come back, uh, I want to know more about the farming of all this. It's fascinating. Great. Tailgating season's here and D&B Supplies got just the generator to run your stuff. The Honda EU2000. Uh, The EU2000 is excellent for tailgating because it's super quiet. So generally you're in a parking lot with a lot of other people. They get irritated if you've got a real loud generator. So that's one of the biggest things. And then, of course, you can fill the tank up, and generally it's going to last all the time that you're out there tailgating. The Honda EU2000, available at D&B Supply. Want to get rid of those pesky house guests with no mess, no fuss, and no touching? We're talking about mice, folks, not your holiday visitors. And D&B Supply makes it easy with Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches to keep them away. Made and tested by farmers, Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches are a non-lethal way to send those rodents running. Safe for pets and kids, its fresh scent instantly repels mice and absorbs pesky odors, too. So better make tracks to pick up some today, only at your favorite D&B supply. Well, Kellyanne, before I start asking you about the farmers and, and how this all gets done, I need to ask you, I, are, I already know that I have to have the jellied on my table at Thanksgiving, but what is your favorite? Oh, I, you know, it's like choosing between your children. So <laughs> I do both. I really do. And I, you know, and I, I like to incorporate both. I will say I probably give a slight edge to fresh sauce that I made myself. And I think a lot of that is just 
for me, it's about knowing the farmer that grew the berries. And the reality is I probably know the farmer that grew the berries in the can as well. But there's just something to me, typically one of our grow owners drops off a bag, you know, for me. And I know exactly what farm it came from. And uh, I love incorporating that into my Thanksgiving meal. And I think that's something that really all Americans can do with a can of cranberry sauce. When you think about sort of how big and complicated the world and our, our, our food supply chain is now, you know, when you buy a can of Ocean Spray Cranberry Sauce, it was grown by, you know, one of 600 family farms in the United States that grow cranberries. It's it's really, it's so unique and so special. And it, it really is family farming at its best. Okay. Now, I was looking on your website uh, about mm-hmm. the growing of the cranberries and the farmers that are involved. And, and it seemed like on the list you have of your farmers, that they go multiple generations back. Are, are all of your farmers, have they all been doing this for generations? You know, most have. Certainly there are some first-generation cranberry farmers, but as a general rule, uh, 25% of our farmers are like at least fourth generation. It's a pretty long-term thing, and most of our farmers are certainly at least second or third generation. You know, I would say upwards of 90%. Mm-hmm. Cranberry farming is, is a lifestyle. It it's not something that you can just one day wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to get into cranberries. <laughs> okay. um, it takes five years from the moment you plant to actually get a crop off of it. A lot of inputs. It's, it's not inexpensive. The vines last a very long time because it's a perennial crop, but you have to get vines. You have to get them. You have to have the right kind of land and you have to be in the right location with the right conditions. The other thing about cranberry farmers that's really unique is they, they work together because they share water they recognize that, you know, often they, they need help with harvesting from each other. They really have a process by which, you know, neighbors work with each other. There's no John Deere equipment for cranberry farming. It's such a small industry that they actually all make their own equipment. And mm-hmm. in a lot of cases end up sharing equipment as well. The, the equipment that is used to harvest cranberries, your initial reaction would, you know, be that you think it's something that is coming for like the Back to the Future 4 movie or something. <laughs> it, it's all handmade tinker together and very unique to the industry because we have such a unique harvest process. Cranberries are harvested primarily in the water. They do not grow in the water. Most of the year you can drive right by a cranberry bog. Even I, born and raised here in New England, used to drive by them all the time and I would point to the reserve pond next to the cranberry bog and go, that's a cranberry bog, when Mm -hmm. in reality the cranberry bog was the green field next to it. Mm -hmm. They grow on a vine And what happens is essentially because they're hollow inside, they have four air chambers, they'll actually float in the water. And the water is just used as a really convenient way to harvest them. It's a convenient way to harvest them. So how does that harvest work? Mm -hmm. When they they flood those fields, then what happens? Yeah. Once you're ready to harvest, you flood the field and then you run through one of these pieces of equipment. They make themselves, uh, we call it an egg beater most of the time or Mm -hmm. a picker. It has lots of different names, but essentially it just has a little bit of a wheel that kind of knocks the cranberries off. You then add a little bit more water so that the cranberries can float up above the vines and essentially you gather them together with what's known as a boom. So it's the same type of thing that's used for an oil spill or something like that. You boom up all the cranberries and essentially you just pump them into a truck. You use a, a special berry washer pump thing that they all design different ones, but same kind of basic elements of they, you know, clean the berry and then get them into the truck. Uh, And then the trucks are delivered to Ocean Spray. We take in the whole crop in about six, seven weeks for here in North America. 
And uh, then we do exactly what a lot of Americans do. We stick them in the freezer and then we're able to draw down on that the rest of the year. Once the berries are harvested, they want to get the water off the vines, let them breathe a little bit. The vines will then go into dormancy in the winter. You'll see them. They'll turn almost like a reddish color. They will take a nap for the winter. In some of the colder climates, like here in Massachusetts or up in Canada, you'll actually flood them and put some ice over them to protect them during the deep, deep cold of winter. Mm -hmm. Then you pull the ice off in the spring, and they come out of dormancy. And that's the toughest time of the year, probably the spring, because you have to frost protect quite a bit because the bud is already there. And then they go into bloom, and uh, then you have fruit set in the summer, and then they just kind of grow. They go from a green fruit to a white fruit to a pink fruit to a red fruit, and uh, the process starts all over again. It's a constant management of protecting these vines. I mean, you can still, we have vines, on. we're, we're actually headquartered on a farm, and the vines outside our window, some of which have been there 80, 90 years, and they're still producing great cranberries. Uh, so if you care for your vines, they will they will last a long time. So it's a long process to get into cranberries, but it can be a very uh, fruitful process. <laughs> I'm sure that pun was intended. <laughs> it was, you know, I just came up with it. Well done. Well done. Well, Kellyanne, let's take another quick break. And then when we come back, I want to ask you more about where you grow cranberries and specifically about growing them in Chile. Carhartt is legendary for getting you geared up for anything. So getting geared up for the winter is easy at DMB Supply with Carhartt Full Swing. Tough and water repellent, Full Swing clothing lets you move like you mean it with Carhartt's Rugged Flex technology. It's made for maximum range of motion and maximum protection from the elements. Get ready for anything the day throws your way and get into the full swing of things at your favorite DMB Supply. Howdy, neighbor. Why are you throwing out your snow shovel? Oh, because I threw out my back last winter. I'm picking up a Husqvarna snow thrower at DMB Supply instead. Don't you mean snow blower? Oh, potato, potato. Actually, a snow blower is bigger, more powerful, and shoots snow farther out than a thrower, especially a Husqvarna. You're blowing my mind. Hey, you telling me this so you can borrow mine? Nah, buddy. I'm headed over to DMB to get a Husqvarna, too. I'm right behind you. Let's blow. Well, Kellyanne, now that we're back, let's talk about the places where cranberries are grown for ocean spray. You mentioned the four countries that they're grown in. How did how did it end up expanding to Chile? Yeah, so Chile is interesting. It really was sort of a theory that could you grow them in a similar kind of climate? Uh, you know, essentially, if you went to the flip side of the earth where they have the same length of days and seasons, could you could you grow cranberries? It happened in the 1980s, and a few growers went down there and did just that, and The rest is kind of history. It's still a fairly small part of the global crop. It's about four or five percent, but it does provide counter season, you know, fruit and things like that. So there's there are a lot of benefits to it. We Ocean Spray do have a processing facility down there to process the cranberries down there. So those cranberries are used for export and other things. They are they are not consumed here in the United States. Here in the United States, we deal exclusively with the North American cranberries. Which state of the ones you mentioned grows the most cranberries here in the U.S.? Yeah, so of the states, Wisconsin is the big winner. They produce pretty close to half of the global crop of cranberries. And then Massachusetts comes in after that, followed by New Jersey, then Oregon, then Washington state. But I always say every state kind of contributes something to sort of the story and the history and the crop. 
Washington state, for instance, is a very small crop. It's the smallest, but at the same time, a lot of the fresh fruit is actually grown out there. Mm -hmm. So everybody kind of has their own things. West coast fruit tends to be a little bit darker or a little bit earlier. Massachusetts has um, a lot of native varieties, you know, so everyone kind of brings a little something to the table. And here I thought Wisconsin was just about milk, but they're the number one cranberry state. They're the number one cranberry growing state as well. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, it's a point of pride, I think, for a lot of certainly our Wisconsin cranberry growers. So is this just just an unbelievably festive time of year at your office? It is. You know, we just we love the holidays. There's something about, you know, getting the crop in because a lot of people think we're still harvesting at Thanksgiving, but Mm -hmm. we're typically you know, done uh, a few weeks before. So there's a, there's a real celebration. I think we really get Thanksgiving, you know, watching a harvest go on and being thankful for that harvest and the start of a, you know, a new cycle of agriculture for the year. There, there's something really special about the holidays and cranberries are just so festive for the holidays. Obviously you can eat them, but you can decorate with them. I have, I have made many a cranberry, uh, strand for people's uh, Christmas trees mm-hmm. uh, or other holiday decorations. It's just, it's a really festive, happy time at the end of harvest. Uh, everyone is also always very ready for a nap. I, I always <laughs> joke that uh, by the time we get to Thanksgiving, I think we're all, we're all definitely ready for that, uh, that meal and a, and a nice long nap. Well, Kellyanne, let's take one more break. And then when we come back, let's talk about some of the community celebrations and things like that that Ocean Spray gets involved in around Thanksgiving. For work, play, or a little bit of both this winter, stop by D&B Supply for Wrangler gear. From flannel line jeans to stylish shirts and jackets, fit for the field or a night out, Wrangler has you covered. Established in 1947 with the spirit of courageous individuality, Wrangler apparel is designed to last and look good to boot. With new styles and great fits, it's clothing that wears well no matter what the season or what life throws at it. So stop by your favorite D&B and get covered this winter in Wrangler gear. Things are heating up around here at D&B. You'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high-performance stoves from Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatalator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by D&B Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatalator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. Well, Kellyanne, now that we're back, what kind of Thanksgiving celebrations does Ocean Spray participate in? I mean, is it beyond your office? Is it is it out in the community and things like that as well? We certainly do. We do a lot of donation work in terms of making sure that, you know, all families can have Ocean Spray Cranberry Sauce as a part of their Thanksgiving dinner. But we, we also have a bit of fun at this time of year, too. We will once again uh, have a float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which we've done for a number of years. So keep your eyes out for that. And we also um, this year have a, have a little bit of a special treat coming along. We're, we're working on uh, the largest can of cranberry sauce in the world. So, oh, wow. Yeah, something that we, uh, we're definitely going to be debuting this Thanksgiving. Are you able to tell us how big that is, or do we have to wait for Thanksgiving to find out? Uh, we're going to have to wait. <laughs> uh, it is still in transit to me at the moment, and uh, I haven't gotten the final wait on it yet. Got it. Okay, well, we will be looking since... Uh, yeah, be looking. Be looking, because any day now we will be releasing the, the numbers. 
All right. Now, I wanted to ask you about uh, other recipes. So you've got a wonderful, on your website, you've got a wonderful recipe page to obviously cook with and make things with cranberries. What is your favorite thing other than cranberry sauce uh, to make with, with cranberries? I think for Thanksgiving, my favorite thing, additional thing to make with cranberries is I actually make a cranberry focaccia bread that is a fantastic. You can actually, when you sort of roast cranberries, they they really sort of pop and uh, almost caramelize a little bit, which is very, very nice. What little sugar in there does that. So I really enjoy doing that. But there's lots of different things. You can put them in stuffing. You can put them in green beans. They, they do great with green beans. I also like to really like to use craisins on my holiday salads. The other thing I like to do as we get into the winter months, this is probably more as we get into the December holidays, but I actually love to do cranberry short ribs. I'm a huge fan of short ribs and so easy. You just cook short ribs and you kind of let them, you know, cook all day with uh, about a half a bag of cranberries, a little bit of beer and a little bit of cranberry juice. And it really, really makes for a very nice uh, short rib. Well, you mentioned craisins. Craisins are huge at my house in salads, uh, just eating. We like to mix them with uh, almonds in a Ziploc bag and eat them. It's really delicious. What what other products are, are very popular from Ocean Spray out there besides the traditional cranberry sauce we all know so much? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we're very well known for our juices and our beverages as well, but then craisins have really exploded over the last 20 years. You know, it used to be something that you just kind of put on a salad or it was a baking ingredient when fresh cranberries weren't available, but it's something now where we're actually launching healthy snacks like trail mixes and clusters, Mm -hmm. granola clusters that incorporate craisins. And I hear stories like your almonds are all the time that people put them in their own snacks or their own trail mixes. So craisins can really add a great pop of color. They have great health benefits, cranberry health benefits, and they're just such a great unique taste. I I think there's something about that tart, sweet taste that people just really, really love. They kind of brighten everything, I always say. Like whenever I get something, I'm like, it has craisins. I'm like, oh, craisins, great. You know, it just gives you that extra little, that extra little something. Yeah, well, they're, they're delicious and we really enjoy them as well. Well, that's awesome. Kellyanne, for, for more information, for all of the great resources that, that Ocean Spray has out there, where can people go for more info? Yeah, everyone should go to oceanspray.com because as the holidays continue, we will continue to release more recipes, obviously everything for Thanksgiving now, but we'll be releasing more recipes as we get into the holidays. You know, you can certainly do 24 days of cookies <laughs> using craisins. I know this because I attempted it last year and I think we will be uh, we will be showing that off again this year. And also follow us on social media. Uh, you know, we're, we're very active on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, our handle is Ocean Spray Inc. And I really encourage people to, to follow along there as well, because not only do we talk about food and recipes, but we also introduce you to the farmers and the families that actually grew that fruit. And uh, it's, it's really neat to see how they go together. And sometimes our farmers are even generous and give us some of their favorite recipes as well. Well, Kellyanne, thank you very much for this and happy Thanksgiving to you and to everybody involved with Ocean Spray. It's been a treat. Thank you. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.